we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. God loves when we feel the same way he does about things. When we truly line up with him, we should hate pride and arrogance. Amen? When we line up with him, we should hate pride and arrogance. Hate pride. Look at somebody and say, you're supposed to hate pride. Pride will kill you. Pride will physically rob your body of health. Good health. Pride will. Yeah. Trying to live for the opinion of others will put your body in a chronic state of fatigue. Yeah, it will. Holding on to issues and not dealing with them will make you sick. Yeah. Pride is tough, man. And arrogance will put you in a place where you can't hear anything God is saying, even when they come tell you, because it's going to be some people come tell you. See, when you're proud and you're arrogant, you're not hearing anything from the Lord because you're proud and arrogant. You're proud and arrogant. How are you going to hear God? So then God's going to send a prophet, somebody to you, and you're not going to hear him. You're not going to hear anything they say because you already got the way you want to do it, how you want to do it. You don't care. You don't care. You trusted that person. You've heard the message, everything up until it conflicted with what you wanted to do. Once it, once it crossed that barrier, oh man, he don't really preach as good as I thought. I thought ABC was the bomb, but there's other churches. Proverbs 8 and 13, the fear of the Lord is what? To hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the fraud mouth do I a person will eventually stop caring about what is right and will begin to do what is best for them in their own eyes. A proud person. A proud person will stop caring about what is right. And they'll begin to do what is best for them in their own eyes. Amen. We've had people leave this church because I, I sat them down and I said, hey, brother, you know, this thing you're doing is conflicting with our beliefs here at ABC, you know, and it's, you know, you're doing this out in the public. People see this stuff, you know, and it just doesn't line up with the word, you know. You're right. You're right, Pastor. You're right. You're right. I need to change it. But then they'll go get a second opinion. Well, brother, come to my church because I'm doing the same thing you're doing. And then they'll go find somewhere to go that's going to support what they're doing because they want to go do what is best for them. In their own eyes. Instead of what is right. Proverbs 3 and 7. Be not wise. How? Be not wise in thine own eyes. But fear the Lord. And depart from evil. Instead of experiencing grief over their mistakes. Shortcomings. And sinful behavior. They will do what? Make excuses. Talk to the right person, which is finding justification. And then after they make excuses and find justification, they'll even give themselves a pass for their error in judgment. They're going to make it all right in their own mind because they want to do it. Yeah, they're going to give themselves a pass. Make excuses. Proverbs 16 and 25, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. That means that that man thinks that he is doing right. It's okay. It's okay. It's not that bad. It's really okay. You know what? Yeah, it is. It, it really is. You done talked yourself. Yeah. You done talked. Going to the club, that's the big one. Yeah, yeah. Singles, going to the club. First of all, 
if I wasn't saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't be in no stank club. What you in the club for? What is that for? What is happening in there? Why are people even in there? Music? I mean, what? What? What are y'all? Why? Why? Come on, man. You know, dude, won't you, won't you hit this? Hit? Why? Why do I want to hit that? Why are you hitting that? Dude, if I wasn't saved, I wouldn't hit that. It ain't got to do with Jesus Christ. I'm just not going to hit that because I actually like being in my right mind. My issues aren't so bad that I got to turn to some kind of substance every now and then. I think I can handle it. I got the strip club, man. Why? Why do you? Why? And you married. You got a wife and you at the strip club. Wow. I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand. But you have convinced yourself. See, before you was going, you thought it was wrong. Then you wanted to go. So you start going and feeling like, and I need to quit going. Then after you kept going, you start feeling, you know. You know, my wife. I, I don't really want to ask her to provide this type of entertainment for me because it's, it's kind of <laughs> Negro fixed it. It is all mine. Just, I mean, in your head, you just fixed it in your head. Now you're in there. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. And they're like, say, man, why you in the club? What, what you doing in the club? Oh man, see, I come here because my wife, see, I, I can't have my wife doing this. So I go, you know, and, I mean, she knows, she know I'm there, so, dude, you just, you know, dude, you know you done messed up, you done fell in love with stank, it's stanky for a woman to be out there like that, it's stanky, it's stanky for all them hands to be on her, sweating, it's Can I just be real? You want to know how stinky it is? Go ask the ER nurse. When they come in there, we got one in here, she already know. When they come in there after, after you done got to wash your, you got to take a bath. And what's that soap that the, the mechanics used to use? Remember that soap they used to just tear hunks of skin off? Was that lava? Hunks of skin. My dad had something that one time and I didn't know. We ran out of soap in our bathroom, so I just went and got it. I was just going to take a bath. Boy, I look like Kunta Kinte after I used that soap. That soap just ripped flesh off. <laughs> and it was rough, like, like sandpaper. Oh, man, I was in that. <laughs> oh, boy, it cost a lot to smell good. Dude, this is deep. My daddy was like, boy! And you know, he didn't care nothing about my skin. That soap costs $2. You've been buying us $2 a bar. I said, but daddy, look. All my skin is gone. Boy, don't you use my soap again. But there is a way that seemed right. That means you made it right in your head. You sat there and thunk on it so long that you just programmed your mind. Then you went and found the people that would agree with you. You knew they was going to agree. Why you ask them? You didn't ask the people you knew might have an issue and, and bring you to the word. Oh, no. I'm 
go ask the folks that's jive. When I don't need them for this situation, I talk about them. Man, they so jive. Oh, I can't believe he's that whack. But then when I need an agreement from a fool, hey man, what you think about this thing? I think God just lead me. Can I tell the truth in here? Yeah, that's the way that seems right. But at the end thereof are what? Ways of death. Worldly attitudes. A proud person is not blessed of God because he does not have need for him. Let me say that again. God doesn't bless a proud person because a proud person don't need his blessing. Proud person blesses themselves. They go out there and do it themselves. Their way. They don't need God. When a proud person experiences hurt because of personal failure, you know what they do? They pacify themselves through their own agenda. Yeah, they stick with it until they feel better. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 56 and 11. I love this passage. Yay, they are greedy dogs which can never have what? Enough. And more always gets you in trouble, don't it? More. Most of the criminals, the greatest criminals of all time, if they had just stopped. Man, dude. God sends you all kinds of warnings. Walks in your house and the roof just fell down on you. Pow! That should have been... Oh, we'll just have to fix it. That's the devil trying to get in my way. Devil trying to stop me. Why is it always the devil when it's something you don't like? Instead of grieving over their own sins and shortcomings, they are usually more worried about what people will say and how they will be perceived by those they seek to impress. So when you fall, instead of really grieving over the error, you're worried about what people are going to think about your error. And you're not going to end up looking as spiritual as you want people to believe you are. Y'all, there's, there's a problem with that. That's not sackcloth and ashes. That's the opposite. That's the guy standing up, proclaiming that he is something in this life. Matthew 23 and 25. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter. But within they are full of extortion and what? The desire for too much. This is a worldly attitude and it's not the way a true believer should handle what? Error. First John 2 and 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Plain and simple. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. None of those are from God. Those are of the world. So this is not the way a true believer should handle what? Error. You don't handle error the way the world does because the world is concerned about these three things. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes, pride of life. That's the way you get famous. Did you know that? Unless you have these three things, you can't be famous. You want to be a famous movie star? You got to have the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Want to be a famous singer? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride. Want to be a famous athlete? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride. Want to get on the front of World Now magazines? You want your picture on the front of those magazines? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. That's the formula. Want to make it big? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. That's the formula. If you do these three things and do them well, you can make it in this world. 
And Jesus got up and went against all three of them in the Beatitudes and said, why are you trying to make it in this world? Yes. He was like, hmm? He's like, no, my, my kingdom is not of this world. So why are you trying to make it in this world? Can I keep preaching in here? Yeah, this message right here, I tell you. Truly blessed those that mourn or experience deep grief over their sins and the shortcomings of others are what? Blessed. If you're able to mourn, if you're able to feel bad, bad enough to do something different, you're able to feel bad when you see others fall into calamity then the bible says you're blessed everyone isn't able to do that some people can get comfortable in calamity comfortable enough to justify it second corinthians 7 and 10 for godly sorrow worketh what so if you're sorrowful over what you've done it will produce repentance to salvation Not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh what? Death. Death. World is sorry when things don't go their way. But we're supposed to be sorry when we don't do things God's way. The people who agree with God about the evil of their own hearts can attain an inevitable state of blessedness. Due to the comfort they receive from communion with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1 and 4, who comforted us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So the power of God comes to comfort you when you mourn, when you mourn, when you make mistakes, when you fall, when you drop the ball, when you just got out there and done something that God didn't tell you to do and you get in that mourning state, Lord, Lord, help me, help me, Lord, help me, help me. The Holy Ghost will come and comfort you. As long as you have a desire to line up with him. He's not going to come and try to add justification to what you did. Amen. He's not going to come and make what you did okay to do again. No, he's going to come because you are sorrowful for it. You truly mourn it. And even the mistakes of others you mourn and God will bring you comfort. The mistakes of your father and your mother. They wasn't there when they should have been. Your mother was a raging bull when you was growing up. Your family, you were molested, raped. Whatever happened to you, you can find comfort in the Holy Ghost for what was done to you. The sins of what others did. What others committed against you. Your father didn't want to have anything to do with you. You can find comfort in the Holy Ghost. So you don't have to walk around because what happens is... If you don't allow the comforter of the Holy Ghost to deal with that issue, then all of your decisions will be based on that issue. You'll begin to seek accolades and validation and need somebody to see you. And see, that's where Instagram and all this is feeding right into this. I'm going to talk about it real deep in uh, Truth Behind Hip Hop, the, the, the next one. But that's what this whole generation is feeding into. They put that out there for a reason because they understood that if you have deficits, you're going to turn to these these things to try to overcome those deficits. In other words, if your deficit is approval because you didn't know your father, then you're going to go online and try to gain the approval of others to feel better about who you are. Yeah, that's why you like that. Yeah, that's why you're a shopaholic, women. You thought you just like nice things, but you don't have no money. 
So there's a problem there. And that problem is you want to floss and look good because there was a deficit and somebody didn't tell you you look good enough. You should be able to put on sackcloth and ashes and be hot. If you look good. But no, no, you got to have No, you got to pay $80 a week to get your hair done and your husband makes 90 You crazy. You crazy. You crazy. But see, that's what this generation, that's, that's what's happening. You think you just like your hair tight? No, you like everybody talking about your hair being tight. And you'll spend eating money to get your hair tight. Bill money. In there with tight hair in the dark. Yeah. And you think that's just the way, but that's just the way I am. That's just my cat. That's how I, no, no, there was a deficit somewhere. There was a deficit when you were younger. Maybe your dad wasn't in the home. Maybe your dad didn't validate you enough. Maybe he didn't hug you enough and tell you you were beautiful. So now you need people to tell you that. Now you think you look good. Now you think you're the bomb. And you use Instagram with a million selfies to show it. And it doesn't even have to start out like that. You don't even have to have the deficit. You can just one day just say, oh, look at this cute picture of me. And then three people say, man, that looks good. Hmm, I'll, t- I'll do the other side. Put that on there. Now let me see what they say. And then you sucked in. You had a daddy there. You had validated. You had everything. And now you still hooked on selfies. On Insta- trying to get approval. Yeah, there's always a deficit. Man, listen. Just listen. You're not out there just doing what you do because you are who you are. You're doing it based on something that happened to you. And until you deal with that, you're going to keep putting yourself out there. The Holy Ghost will comfort those that are up front with God about their sin and humble themselves by asking for what? Forgiveness. First John 1 and 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and do what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, some people, you know, they take these scriptures and they try to go extreme with them where it says, if you say that you have no sin, we deceive ourselves. They're thinking that that's like a, well, that must have been, he must have been talking to the Pharisees or he must have been talking about, no, 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 no. He's talking about you that have gotten used to sin and won't do nothing about it. Summary. The world operates differently from God's kingdom. In the world, those that are proud, arrogant, and selfish are lifted up, while those that deny and humble themselves never make it big. Yeah, Jesus wasn't famous. Jesus was infamous. When Jesus stepped up on the mount to give the Beatitudes, he preached directly against the world's idea of success and happiness. The people thought that worldly accolades, alliances, and selfish ambition was the way to attain happiness in this world. So basically, they thought that they had to have money, wealth, or they had to pledge into some some secret society. They had them back there. Line up with some group, which now, you know, masonry or deltas, AK, whatever you want to get in, that's that's success. Get you some sisters and brothers, and y'all all take oaths to false gods, which the Bible calls demons. To be famous. And they try to bring it in the church and I'm saved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Jesus stated that the opposite was blessed. So the world was saying, 
accolades, alliances, selfish ambition was a way to obtain happiness in this world. But Jesus stated that the opposite of that is who was really blessed. He stated that an inevitable state of blessedness comes to those that mourn over their own sin. And it's not just the sin or your actions, but it's your posture. They mourn. Sackcloth and ashes. I am nothing. Who am I to go against God and do things my way? That's mourning. Who am I? Who did I think I was to try to do this my own way? Those that can humble themselves when they have blown it are the ones that God will bless. God expects you to blow it. You know how I know? Because he sent his son. He wouldn't have sent his son if he didn't think you would work. You think he would go through all that trouble? If he thought you was going to be okay without it? Those that insist on justifying their sins, shortcomings, and mistakes are condemned. Because they lack the humility to be justified by the blood of Jesus. They must rely on their own justification. That's a dangerous place to be in. I told this one brother before he left this church, I said, brother, if you get out there and do this thing that me and you are talking about, you go do this and go try to find you a preacher that's just going to agree with it. I said, brother, this right here is not right. So if you go do this, then it's going to be on you. You're going to have to justify it. Because the blood of Jesus is not going to be justification. It's not going to work in this situation because I'm telling you and I'm showing you in the word that what you're doing is not right. Like the rich young ruler walked away sorrowfully to go set up his kingdom, the kingdom of himself, and bear his own justification. Is it worth it? When we have trusted in Jesus as the propitiation for sins, we no longer stand what? Condemned. Rather than wallow in guilt and shame, we must realize that we stand justified before God. One must first learn to be humbled by sin and to be sensitive toward the need for a savior. Those who learn to mourn over their own error are comforted by God. And then what? exalted Woo, let me say that again those who learn to mourn over their own error when they blow it they are comforted by God and then exalted by him how many of the people in the bible that God exalted and put somewhere were able to testify of their shortcomings and God took their error comforted them and then they were exalted just basically exalted means they were used as an example this is true success in the eyes of God and should be the quest for all true believers Matthews 5 and 4 blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted Everyone bow your heads. After this series, these Beatitudes are going to mean something to you. I promise. They should jump off the page because they are so applicable. I love Jesus and Paul and all these guys. 
so much. And one thing that just gets me about the word of God that just makes me love them even more is the fact that no matter what was going on in their time, they told it. They just told the truth. No matter, no matter what situation it would put them in, no matter what they had to give up for it, no matter what it would cost them, they would just tell it. I mean, some of them thrown in jail. If you say it, we're going to throw you in jail. They said it. If you say it, we're going to stone you. They said it. If you say it, we're going to crucify you. He said it. They didn't care. They didn't care. They didn't care what people thought. I mean, the Hebrew boys is the best example. I mean, these guys were the only voice. They, man, their people needed them. And Daniel. They didn't care. They said, look, if I die, let me die proclaiming truth. But we've gone away from that in this society. Now let's justify it. Let's add a little this, add a little that, take away this, take away that if it's going to make us comfortable, if it's going to make us feel better, if it's going to make us, you know, just, yeah, you know, let's add a little to it. Let's do this and this. And then when the preacher or the pastor stands up and proclaims the truth of the word, well, I agree with most of what he said, but some of what he said, you know, it's just, you know, and then you start looking for justification for your own actions. And this is just not what God is wanting. God wants us to line up with the word in every aspect of the word. How the word is written is how we got to receive it. And so we got to learn to mourn over our mistakes and errors. Let them affect us so that change will come. So it'll be godly sorrow to bring forth salvation. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. God, I thank you for all of these adamant believers that's in here. Thank you, Lord, for bringing them to this place to hear this. Most importantly, God, thank you for opening our eyes and giving us truth, unedited, uncut. Just the truth, though it upsets many, though it feels like a beat down on Sundays every now and then. God, we have to take these things and we have to take into consideration that we live in a time where everything is about self. And so it is hard to escape the pull of self to be seen and heard and known. And God, these kind of messages are reminiscent of the Beatitudes that Jesus spoke, where they're going just totally against what everyone is into and everyone is doing. But God, we trust you. And we trust that in this time, no matter how hard it is, we must keep your truth ahead of us and follow it. So I pray right now, God, that you would give those that have doubt and hurt and pain, whatever happened to them in their childhood or their uh, teenage years or whatever, whatever the issue was, God, that thing that is causing them to be unstable, God, we pray against it right now. And we just believe, God, that the strength of your Holy Ghost will hold them in a place 
where truth can take root in their hearts. This is why this is why you talked about the ground and that the word is falling on. Because the if the ground isn't right, no matter how true the word is, it won't be able to take root. So break up the fallow ground, God, of our hearts and our minds. Where we came from, what we experienced, what the last church taught us. All of these things, God, that have acted as vices to make the ground unfertile. And everywhere we go, we got the same problem. And everywhere we go, we leave and bail before we can get help. God, break up that ground. Let ABC be a place where we plant our flag, our white flag of surrender. And say, God, this is it. I'm going to stay. I'm going to get it. I'm going to line up. I'm not going to bounce this time. I'm going to stick with it until change comes. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or donate online at www.exministries.com. Dot com.